Go for the pulls and the pools. Go for the ooze and the ahs. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the Philly Sports Power Hour on this Victory Monday. What a game yesterday for our Philadelphia Eagles winning in overtime over the Buffalo Bills, improving their record to 10-1. and There is a lot to talk about with that game. I'm going to try to keep it positive in the beginning because we should be positive All this team does is win, but there are certainly things that they can clean up, and we'll talk about that later on in the show. But I do want to keep it positive because what this team is able to do week after week, we have never seen before as Philadelphia Eagles fans, and they just keep winning. Just absolutely incredible, but we're going to break it all down today. I see a lot of my Power Hour crew Already checking in in the chat. Let's get a little bit of a roll call on this Victory Monday from the Power Hour. I see Shakur already here in the house. Neil Watson, Wine Niners Wine, Tampa Eagle, Vince Engelking, Rome, Brand Nat, the Blonde Boy, Philly 007. It is a good morning. Sitting here at 10 and 1. Thunderbird checking in. M. Reyes checking in. Appreciate all you guys being here to talk about this Philadelphia Eagles team. You look at this game and you look at the final statistics. There was no way that this Philadelphia Eagles team should have walked away with a W if you just look at stats. But you can throw the stats out the window with this football team. Because they are just so damn resilient. And they just constantly find ways to win. I've said it before, talking about the rate at which they win football games is things you see in high school and college. Well, the way they find ways to win is just like what you see in high school and college. You ever watching a college football game and the favorite, one of the high-ranked college teams goes down early? They find a way to come back and win. Because good teams find ways to win football games. And this Philadelphia Eagles team is a good team. And I see more people checking in excited today on this Victory Monday. We got Eagles fan in the house. Neil Watson, the real RMP, Travis Yoder, Bridget Tobin, Twiz, Colin Ashley, Dan Kelly Green Burrito, SB Ricky, loving it, Devin Owens. Travis Yoder, Matt Lagoy, Bowner Johnson. Man, you're all here. I'm sorry if I missed anybody, but go ahead, hit that like button. Let's get right into it. I know Wine Niners Wine's going to yell at me if I don't also mention that our Philadelphia Flyers had a big bounce back win on Saturday, shutting out the New York Islanders. Our 76ers got back in the winning column, but it's all about our Philadelphia Eagles today. All about our Philadelphia Eagles. And like I said, I want to keep it positive to start the show as we should be with a 10-1 and team. 
and with Jalen Hurts as our franchise quarterback. But we will talk about things that need to be improved later on. But let's just take a look at this football game. And when you talk about looking at the stats and how there's no way they should have won this game, just look at the way the game went. Philadelphia Eagles were down 10 at halftime. You look at the numbers in the first half, and I'm sure you guys have seen it. Jalen Hurts, 4 of 11 for 33 yards, two turnovers, and a passer rating of 7. 7.0 passer rating, down by 10, going into halftime. Eagles had just committed two turnovers. One of them I thought was going to just be so demoralizing for that team. You have Jalen Carter, who we'll talk about later in the show. Block that field goal. You get the ball back. You're holding the Buffalo Bills to zero points there. And then you give it right back to the Bills on that really bad fumble, miscommunication between Hurts and Gainwell. They end up scoring a touchdown going into the half 17-7. And it just didn't look like it was their night. Then they go down by 10 again going into the fourth quarter. And the Eagles bounce right back, take the lead with 11 minutes left in the fourth quarter. And then they give it up again. And you're thinking, man, maybe it's just not their night. Bills score a touchdown, take a 31-28 lead with only 1 minute 52 seconds left in the clock. But the way Jalen Hurts had moved the ball in the second half, you just knew they were going to get into field goal range. And let's digress for a second because I want to go back to that Kansas City game because all you heard from the national media was about if Vandez Scanling catches that ball, Chiefs win the football game. Chiefs would have won that game. Well, there would have been about a minute 45 left on the clock. And the Eagles would have been down three. Well, it's exactly what you saw yesterday. Minute 52 left on the clock. Eagles down three. And what happens? Jalen Hurts brings them right down the field. You know they wanted to get closer than where they got. But then the most clutch kicker in the NFL, in Philadelphia Eagles history, and I love David Akers. This is not putting a shot against David Akers He had a lot of success in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. But Jake Elliott is the most clutch kicker I have ever seen. Coming out at that moment to kick a 59-yard field goal in basically a swamp conditions. It, It was pouring down there. Anybody in the chat who was at the game, it was absolutely pouring. All reports were that that rain was just nonstop. That field had to be a mess. And what does Jake Elliott do? Right down the middle, 59 yards. So clutch, man. So clutch. And we'll talk about him in a second. But the Eagles weren't done. They weren't done continuing to battle back. They go down again in overtime. So now you're down 10 at the half. You're down 10 in the fourth quarter. You're down three with only a minute and 52 left. You then go down three in overtime. And Jalen Hurts, our franchise quarterback, an elite quarterback. Finally, I hope that the national media, and we talked about it on the postgame show last night. Seth Joyner talked about it. I hope now 
nationally, everyone starts to see that Jalen Hurts is an elite quarterback. One of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's now the favorite by far to win the MVP, as he should. Puts the team on his back, goes nine plays, 75 yards, touchdown, Eagles win, 37-34, and one and all this team does is win football games. Unbelievable, man. Eighth straight win for Jalen Hurts after he was down 10 or more points. Incredible. And I see Travis Yoder in the chat saying the Bills lost a game, not the Eagles winning it. Listen, man, I said it last week when we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs that I'm not going to sit up here and apologize for Kansas City Chiefs players not making plays. Good teams find ways to win football games. Bad teams find ways to lose them. People are talking about, all oh, Bills missed two field goals. We blocked a field goal. The Philadelphia Eagles did what they had to do. It wasn't perfect. We will talk about it. But I am not going to sit up here and make apologies for Buffalo Bills players, for opposing players not making plays. Because good teams make plays in big moments, and that's exactly what you saw from the Philadelphia Eagles. And when you talk about resiliency, we talked about it on this show all week last week. There was every reason to believe that the Philadelphia Eagles were going to lose this football game when you looked at everything that was stacking up. It was a short week. They had just played on the road on a Monday night in Kansas City. It was an emotional win. You threw in the Thanksgiving holiday. You got all of that factoring against you. You wake up on Sunday morning and you find out the best right tackle in the NFL isn't going to play. No indication all week that Lane Johnson wasn't going to be able to play in this game. Jack Driscoll gets the call Sunday morning. Hey, guess what, bud? You're starting today. Against one of the best pass rushes in the NFL, the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills were number two in the league coming in with 39 sacks in that game. Resiliency. Driscoll steps in. Then in the middle of that game, you're already without Milton Williams. He couldn't pass concussion protocol. Fletcher Cox goes out with a groin injury. Then you lose your starting linebacker, Zach Cunningham, who's played really well this season. He goes out with a hamstring. Bad weather. Short week. Injuries. Doesn't matter. Horrible first half. Doesn't matter. The Philadelphia Eagles find ways to win football games. And just look at Jalen Hurts, man. Four of 11 for 33 yards, two turnovers, passer rating of seven in the first half. And look what he does in the second half. 14 of 20, 167 yards, three touchdowns, another one on the ground, no turnovers, and a passer rating of 134.8. I have never seen anything like what we see with Jalen Hurts. You see when they show him on the sidelines, man, same emotion. No matter if they're up, if they're down, if he's playing bad, if he made a mistake, doesn't matter. The guy's going to bounce right back. And that just feeds through the entire team. 
And you got to give credit to not only Jalen Hurts, we talked about it before, Nick Sirianni. And we're going to talk about things that I didn't like about Nick Sirianni and the game plan. We'll get there. But when you look at how resilient this group is, a lot of it is because of Jalen Hurts. A lot of it is because of that leadership group they have on this team with Kelsey and Cox and Graham and Lane Johnson. But it all starts at the top with Nick Sirianni. And all this team does is keeps fighting and keeps finding ways to win. I've never seen a group as resilient as this Philadelphia Eagles team. Unbelievable. And Jeff Kerr put out these stats this morning talking about Jalen Hurts. When tied or trailing in the second half or overtime this year, Jalen Hurts is 50 of 74, a completion rate of 67.6%, 686 yards, 10 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 136.6 rating. That is insane. Insane. To take it even further, more from Jeff Kerr. When tied or trailing at any point this year, he's 152 of 214 for a 71% completion rate, 1,700 yards, 14 touchdowns, one interception, and a passer rating of 114.1. When this team goes down, Jalen Hurts is locked in, man. Unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And it's amazing to me that there are still people who question this guy. I've told you guys before, follow me at Legal Hands to the Face on Instagram. I post content all day about the Eagles, every day. And I did a post earlier in the week about Jalen Hurts and some of the incredible stats about Jalen Hurts. And I still have people commenting, DMing me, hating on Jalen. How you could sit here today and still not see that Jalen Hurts is one of the best players in the NFL. Unfreaking believable, man. Unbelievable. And I said it last night on the Jacob Sports postgame show. A lot of times it gets overstated in the media. We love to throw around the word intangible. People put way too much credit sometimes on intangibles. You cannot put enough credit on the intangibles that Jalen Hurts brings to this football team. I have never seen a guy who leads a team better than Jalen Hurts leads the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles have had some good leaders. They've had some great quarterbacks through their history. I have never seen a player like Jalen Hurts and the way he is able to lead this team through adversity, no matter what odds are against them, no matter what is going on in the moment, Jalen Hurts is going to lead them to victory, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to watch, man. And I see all you guys in the chat loving the engagement, absolutely loving it. And I see a lot of people talking about Frank Reich. We'll get there. Big news coming out of Carolina. Frank Reich fired already. Crazy. But we will talk about that later on in the show. But let's keep talking about clutch players. So we were talking about Jalen Hurts. Let's talk about Jake Elliott. I said earlier, he is the most clutch kicker I have ever seen in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform. And David Akers was pretty damn good. So that is big praise to give Jake Elliott. But just listen to some of these stats from Ruben Frank over at NBC Sports Philly. 
Jake Elliott becomes only the fifth kicker in NFL history with three career field goals of 59 or more. Five kickers in NFL history have three kicks of over 59 or more. And Jake the Snake is one of them, man. Or Jake the Make, as Jason Kelsey calls him. He's nine of nine on game-tying or game-winning field goals. Nine for nine. And so far this season, he is six of seven from 50-plus. This guy's phenomenal, man. Absolutely phenomenal. And I see some people in the chat saying Akers was better. I don't know, man. I don't know. Akers made some big kicks. But what Jake Elliott does, so clutch. Absolutely so clutch. And I want to talk about some other players that maybe went under the radar a little bit. Is we all saw the game Devontae Smith had. Big game for Devontae. This is now a few games in a row where Devontae Smith has really stepped up. It's obvious teams are trying to shut down A.J. Brown, as they should, giving him a lot of attention. But Devontae Smith comes out with a big game, seven catches, 106, and a touchdown. But that's not the wide receiver I want to talk about. I want to talk about local guy, Alameda Zacchaeus, St. Joe's prep product. He made maybe, I shouldn't say the play of the game because there were so many great plays in that game, especially in the second half. But Alameda Zacchaeus made a great play in the fourth quarter on that touchdown. Zacchaeus finishes the night with only one catch, 29 yards, but it was a big one, a 29-yard touchdown grab. Jalen Hurts escapes the pocket, rolls left, points to Alameda Zacchaeus like they're playing. You always hear people talk about schoolyard football. That's like what they were playing. Sends Zacchaeus deep, throws a pass, and Alameda Zacchaeus comes up with a big grab in the end zone for a touchdown. Eagles take a 28-24 lead. But what made that such a big catch, in my opinion, is because we all know how good A.J. Brown is. We all know how good Devontae Smith is. But we have all been so frustrated with the wide receiver three position. Last year, you constantly saw Quez Watkins come up small in moments like that. And Quez Watkins was activated last night. He played just as many snaps as Alamba De Zacchaeus. But thank God that Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson didn't say, hey, let's give all those reps back to Quez Watkins. Because Quez Watkins isn't making that catch. I'm sorry, man. I've seen enough of Quez Watkins over the years to see that he would not come up big in a big moment like what you saw from Alamba De Zacchaeus last night. That was a huge play from a guy who hasn't had a lot of catches this season but came up big when the Philadelphia Eagles needed him. Loved it. Loved what we saw from Alama De Zacchaeus last night. And then let's talk about Brandon Graham. What a night for Brandon Graham last night. Think about how long the Philadelphia Eagles have been around, and Brandon Graham has now played more games in a Philadelphia Eagles uniform than any player in Eagles history and he comes up with a big sack in the fourth quarter last night loved to see it but Brandon Graham is now the all-time 
longest eagle. He's he's tied for the most seasons in Eagles history with Chuck Benderick. They didn't play as many games back then. So that's why he's got more games than Benderick. But you think about all of the players who have worn this uniform, and none of them have played more games than Brandon Graham. And I know I can't say the name Brandon Graham without instantly thinking of the strip sack in Super Bowl 52, man. Love Brandon Graham. Love Brandon Graham. And just a great night for him. Love that they were able to get the win. Love that BG was able to get the sack. But, you know, what's funny, we're all sitting here fired up, so excited about this win, so excited about the Philadelphia Eagles finding a way to pull it out. You realize about 10 years ago, this game would have been over on that Buffalo Bills field goal in overtime. Wasn't that long ago that overtime was sudden death. You guys remember that? It didn't matter whether you kicked a field goal or a touchdown. It was over. But in 2012, the NFL decided to change the rule that if the first opening drive in overtime was a field goal, that the other team would have a chance to come down to tie it up. Could you imagine if that game would have ended last night on that field goal and we didn't get to see that unbelievable drive by Jalen Hurts down the field to score the touchdown to win it? That was – thank God the NFL changed that rule. Now, you know, in in the playoffs, even if the Bills would have scored a touchdown on that opening drive – the Eagles would have had a chance to come down and tie it. But it wasn't until 2012 that they made that change in the regular season where a field goal cannot win it on the opening possession because that would have just been what a horrible ending to what was an amazing, amazing football game. And I told you we're going to get into the improvements. And I know I see you guys sometimes in the chat already talking about play calling and different things like that. And we will get into what needs to be improved. But I'm trying to keep it positive in this first segment because really, guys, we need to take a moment. And I've said this before. And now we're sitting here at 10-1. and 1. I think I said this when they were 4-0. and 0. But we need to take a moment to appreciate what we are watching in front of us. I know you guys are just like me. You've watched the Philadelphia Eagles for a long time, man. When they win, you feel great. When you when they lose, it feels like you got punched in the stomach, man. So let's take a step back and let's enjoy what we are watching because we may never see something like this again. What this team is doing, I've never seen it before. I'm not sure the NFL has ever seen it before. They just find ways to win games. And we talked about Jalen Hurts still not getting the respect from everyone like he should be. But there's another guy that I don't think gets the respect that he deserves. And that's Nick Sirianni. I talked about it on the show last week. I talked about how I can't believe he was number five in the coach of the year odds. Guys like Kevin O'Connell in front of him, Mike McDaniel in front of him. And you look at this team. We'll talk about it. 
in the next segment, wasn't that thrilled with the game plan coming out. Nick Sirianni shares in that. We'll talk about it. But when you talk about Nick Sirianni and you talk about being a good coach, I've mentioned it before on this show. I said it earlier in this show about the culture he's brought. But let's look at the penalties for a second. And I know Buffalo Bills fans and Eagles haters are talking about the refs gave the Eagles that football game. The Buffalo Bills committed 11 penalties for 80 yards. Philadelphia Eagles, four penalties for 30 yards. And 15 of those yards were on that ridiculous roughing the passer call in overtime on Nicholas Morrow. The Philadelphia Eagles were the more disciplined team in this football game. That is coaching. That is 100% coaching. The Buffalo Bills were undisciplined last night. 11 penalties for 80 yards is insane. And I get it. The refs missed a couple calls here or there. It happens in every game. It happens in every game. But the Philadelphia Eagles were the better coached football team last night. Four penalties, 30 yards. And I see Hollywood Hogan in the chat saying it was roughing the passer. Look, I get it why the NFL wants to protect these quarterbacks. I've talked about it before on the show. You see how bad the NFL product is when these quarterbacks go down. There is a lack of good quarterbacks in the NFL, and that's why they're trying to keep these guys healthy at all costs. I understand it, but come on, man. Nicholas Morrow barely threw out his arm. That one I didn't like. That one I did not like. And I see Ekale BW saying it was a flop. It really was a flop. Matt Lagoy saying it was a flop as well. Maybe the NFL needs to institute the new NBA flopping rule because that was ridiculous. And like I said, I completely support the NFL's desire to keep NFL quarterbacks healthy because it is a better game when these guys are healthy. I hate seeing franchise quarterbacks go down. But you know what else I hate? I can't stand now that every time a quarterback gets hit, they're looking to the ref for a penalty. Patrick Mahomes is one of the worst at it, man. Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks we have ever seen. Don't ruin how good you are by constantly calling for flags, man. And you saw Josh Allen do it last night. I don't see Jalen do that. And I hope he never does. I can't stand, can't stand the quarterbacks looking for the flag on questionable calls like that. Let the ref call it. Don't ask for it. It's football, man. I'm all for them protecting these quarterbacks, but stop flopping and stop looking for the flags. Can't stand it. But the Philadelphia Eagles continuing with the good coaching before we talk about some of the improvements they need to make in the next segment. The offense, as bad as the game plan was, as bad as the play calling was in that first half, they made the appropriate adjustments in that second half. This Bills defense was a top 10 defense coming in. A very good defense. They were number four in the NFL. They were only giving up 17 points per game. The Philadelphia Eagles put up 30 in the second half. 
They put up 23 points in the fourth quarter and overtime on a team that was averaging 17 points a game coming in. Eagles put up 23 in about a 15-minute span. They made the appropriate adjustments. And we'll talk about the game plan because it left a lot to be desired. But I'll tell you this. I'd much rather have a coaching staff that can make in-game adjustments than a coaching staff that puts together a great game plan and then once the other team adjusts, the coaching staff can't match it. But we'll talk about that bad game plan when we get back, guys. But let's enjoy this victory. Let's take this break to realize what we are watching before our eyes. But when we get back, we'll talk about some things I think they can improve. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Welcome back in to the Philly Sports Power Hour on this Victory Monday as we sit here 10-1, and one, already clinching a playoff spot. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. And we will continue to talk about that big win the rest of the show. I'm not going to turn my attention yet to the San Francisco 49ers. I know we have some 49er trolls in the chat already, but we're not going to talk about that just yet. But crazy to me. Eagles are going to be home underdogs in that game. Interesting. Very interesting. But the Eagles have done such a good job setting themselves up that really we should be in the driver's seat to get that number one seed, but we'll see how it all plays out. But some news before we get into some things I wanted them to improve from last night. Frank Reich fired in Carolina. First season. This is now two years in a row that the Panthers owner has made an in-season change, fired Matt Rule last year after a 1-4 start, now fires Frank Reich after 11 games with a 1-10 start. And I see some people in the chat already saying how quickly before Frank Reich comes to the Philadelphia Eagles coaching staff. I'd be more surprised if he doesn't come than if he does. I really do think that Nick Sirianni has said before that Frank Reich is a mentor of his, so I would not be surprised if you see it happen pretty quickly that Reich at least comes in as some sort of advisor. But and I see some people in the chat saying he's going to take over play calling and all that. It's not going to happen. But Reich may come in here as some sort of advisor. But really interesting, and my producer was talking to me before the show, that some of the rumor that's going around is the reason that Reich was let go is because he wanted C.J. Stroud and the owner and the GM wanted Bryce Young, and it finally came to a head that they drafted Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Interesting. Interesting, but I'll tell you, man, it's just, it's interesting to me that after the Philadelphia Eagles won Super Bowl 52, Frank Reich gets hired in Indianapolis, and when the Eagles started to struggle a little bit, all the chatter in Philly was that it was all Frank Reich, that Frank Reich was the mastermind of that Super Bowl win. And you look at what Doug Peterson has done without Frank Reich. Looks like Dougie P was the better coach. I love Frank Reich. We'll always love Frank Reich. He did help deliver that Super Bowl for us. But all that chatter about how Frank Reich was the true mastermind of that Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl team, not looking like that was the case. But some other news in the NFL, Shaq Leonard, linebacker that was released by the Indianapolis Colts, we talked a little bit about it on the Jacob Sports postgame show last night. Seth Joyner said he would not make that move. He would not bring him in. I disagree. At this point, the Eagles need depth at linebacker. They needed depth at linebacker when the season started. I was talking about it all summer long that I couldn't believe they were putting all of their hopes into N'Kobe Dean, who had only played 34 defensive snaps coming into this season. But now you have N'Kobe Dean out on IR. 
Zach Cunningham goes down last night with a hamstring. You never know how long someone's going to be out with a hamstring injury. So I really would love to see the Philadelphia Eagles make a move for Shaq Leonard, and even more so because the rumors are he's visiting Dallas on Tuesday. So I think the Philadelphia Eagles need to bring in Leonard at the very least for a depth piece, but who knows what he has left? Who knows what a change of scenery may do for this guy as long as he's healthy? And I'm sure they'll do the physicals and all that, but if Shaq Leonard is healthy, I think it is a no-brainer that you bring him in here. He's got a history with Nick Sirianni. He seems like he's a good culture guy. He was a captain on the Colts. So really would like to see them make that move. But guys, just a reminder, tonight, 6.30, right here on the Jacob Sports Network, we will be doing our legal hands-to-the-face show, 90 minutes, talking about our Philadelphia Eagles. That is our weekly show, so I will start to take a look ahead in that show to the San Francisco 49ers matchup, so be sure to check it out. I'll also be joined, like we are every week, by Dr. Chris Radcliffe to talk about some of these injuries, because I do want to talk to him about Lane Johnson's groin, Fletcher Cox's groin, Zach Cunningham's hamstring, and then there's rumors being reported that Dallas Goddard is going to push to play this week. So I want to talk to Dr. Radcliffe about that, see what he thinks the chances of that happening are. Let's go back to this big win for the Philadelphia Eagles. And I see people in the chat saying Josiah Anderson just posted that the Eagles are interested. That is the word on the street. Jacob Sports just shared that on their Twitter account that the Eagles have increasing interest since Zach Cunningham's injury. So let's hope. And let's hope Zach Cunningham's okay because he was playing really well before that injury. But let's talk more about that game last night. Because I told you I was trying to keep it positive in that first segment. But let's talk about some of the bad now. I do not understand at all what this offensive coaching staff was thinking with that game plan to start the game. No idea what they were thinking with that offensive game plan to start this football game. First of all, Going in, even before you heard that Lane Johnson was going to be out, you knew what the weather was going to be like. You knew what this Bills defense was good at. And what they were good at was getting after the quarterback, number two in the NFL in sacks. They were a top 10 passing defense. But where this team had struggled was stopping the run. They were 27th in the NFL coming in in yards per carry against. They were giving up four and a half yards per carry to opposing offenses. Then you find out that your all-pro right tackle is going to be out. So why Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson thought, let's start this game with three straight passing plays. Of course, they go three and out. And then to just stick with the pass in that first half was the most infuriating thing. We're all sitting there as fans, as analysts, watching this game in that first half thinking, why were they not run the football? And I feel like it's so simple. Run the ball to set up the pass. Run the ball 
to set up the pass. In that first half, the Philadelphia Eagles, and I know they didn't have a lot of plays, and we'll talk about that in a second. That was because the defense really didn't have a great game at all, and we'll talk about that. But they didn't have a lot of plays in that first half. The offense wasn't on the field that much. But you look at how many carries they gave DeAndre Swift in that first half. Three carries. We have seen now, week after week, what DeAndre Swift can do when you put the ball in his hands. He has the ability to hit a home run every single time he touches the ball. But he can't hit a home run if you don't put the ball in his hands. Keep giving him opportunities. Three touches in the first half for DeAndre Swift in the running game is criminal, man. Especially, you have no Lane Johnson. Give Jack Driscoll an opportunity to get into the rhythm of the game. Let him hit somebody. Let him be the one hitting. Because you know, if you've ever played football, when you are pass blocking, you're receiving the hit. You're backpedaling. There's nothing better than when they say, hey, we're going to run the football. And now as an offensive lineman, you can deliver the hit. I played tight end. So I had the luxury when I was playing tight end on the line. If we were running the football, you're able to deliver the blow. If you stay in the pass block, you're taking the hit. What better way to get Jack Triscoll into the game than to let him run block a little bit? No. Eagles come out, drop back three straight times. I just didn't understand at all what that game plan was in the first half. DeAndre Swift, three carries. Boston Scott, two carries. Kenny Gainwell, two carries to start the game. They threw the ball 11 times in that first half, and we talked about the stats. Jalen Hurts, four of 11. I just don't understand it, man. I just don't understand it. But to give Brian Johnson credit and to give Nick Sirianni credit, they did adjust in that second half. And they gave DeAndre Swift 10 carries in that second half. He averaged 5.7 yards a carry. He put up 57 yards. And he had that big 36-yard run that really sparked the offense. That was the first big play. And then they just started to go off. And they had a healthy balance. They were running the ball. They were throwing the ball. In that second half, 14 runs, 15 pass plays. Why they don't just come out and do that from the beginning, I don't understand it. And look, I'm not sitting up here pounding my chest thinking that this is the NFL of the 80s and the 90s. I'm not saying run the ball 50 times a game. This is a throwing league. This is a passing league. I get it. But you have to be somewhat balanced. You saw once they started running the football, how much that opened up the passing game. And then I give Brian Johnson a lot of credit for his play calling in that second half. He had the Buffalo Bills not knowing what was happening. They were running some play action. They were even running some motion. Eagles don't run a lot of motion. They had some motion going, running some misdirection. And that touchdown pass to Devontae Smith was a beautiful play call by Brian Johnson. We all hate the wide receiver bubble screen. I can't stand when the Philadelphia Eagles have called that wide receiver bubble screen. 
But you saw on that Devontae Smith touchdown why you want to call plays like the wide receiver bubble screen. Because what they were able to do was they ran a fake bubble screen to Julio Jones. You saw Jalen Hurts give a little bit of a pump fake. That safety bit for a split second. Boom. Touchdown. Devontae Smith back of the end zone. I was really impressed with Brian Johnson's play calling, especially in that fourth quarter. I just don't understand how you come out with the game plan that you came out with in that first half. We're screaming at the TV. People in the stadium are screaming to run the football. You have a guy like DeAndre Swift, who is a playmaker, and you come out just throwing the ball over and over and over. And like I said before we went to break, I would much rather have the coaching staff that is able to make adjustments in games then comes out with a great game plan, but once the other team adjusts, they can't match it. But this is concerning. This is concerning because when you get into the playoffs and we start to play these really good teams, you're not going to get away with spotting teams 10 points. You're not going to get away with playing a horrible first half. This is a few games in a row now where we've seen the Philadelphia Eagles struggle in the first half and find ways to win. As good as they are, as resilient as they are, you can't keep going to the well like that and expecting to keep winning football games when you let your team get down as much as you're letting your team get down. And I see the 49er trolls in the chat. Like I said, we will get there. Tune in the rest of the week. We'll talk about the 49ers. Don't you worry. Or tune in tonight on the Legal Hands to the Face show. I'll, I'll preview that a little bit. But right now, we're still on our big win from last night. And I talked about the offensive game plan that I wasn't a fan of. This defense and this defensive game plan really, really left a lot to be desired in that game. You knew coming in how good Josh Allen was. Yes, Josh Allen is a turnover machine. But he is a really good quarterback in terms of putting up yards and being able to move the football with his arms and his legs. Coming in, they were a top 10 offense. We talked about it on this show. I posted videos about it on my Instagram. They had top 10 in almost every single category. They were top 10 in yards per game, top 10 in points per game, top 10 in passing yards, number 11 in rushing. They had the number two best third down offense in the league right behind the Philadelphia Eagles. And this game plan by this defense, I just didn't understand it. And I knew they, I know they tried to spy Josh Allen at times, but how you let Josh Allen run for 81 yards in that game, throw for over 339 yards, you let the Buffalo Bills put up over 500 yards of total offense. That's a major problem. And like I said, I know they tried to spy him at times, and sometimes Josh Allen just made plays, but they didn't do it enough. And how many third and longs are you going to let the Buffalo Bills convert? This has been a problem with this Philadelphia Eagles defense all season long. 
and it's been getting off the field on third down. Coming into that game, the Philadelphia Eagles defense was 27th in the NFL on third down. They let opposing offenses convert first downs on third down 43% of the time coming in. I would have killed for 43% last night. What the Buffalo Bills did, no NFL team should be able to do. Buffalo Bills went 13 of 22 for 59%. But it's even worse than that when you look at what happened in the second half. Sean Desai has been great the last few games, making adjustments in the second half. Held the Chiefs to zero points. Held the Dallas Cowboys to six points in the second half. But you look at last night. First half, Buffalo Bills, six of 12 for 50% on third down. They committed at least three third and nines, third and tens, third and 15s. So you're thinking, okay, they're going to make the appropriate adjustments in the second half. They're going to start to shut this team down on third down, letting them go 50% in the first half. They let the Buffalo Bills go 70% in the second half and overtime. Seven of 10 on third down, the Buffalo Bills last night. 70%. You have to figure out ways to get off a third down. You have to figure out ways to get off the field on third down. And like I said, coming in, they were 27th in the league. I am scared to look at what the number is going to be after this week. Because they went from 43%, they gave up 59% last night. You have to figure out ways to get off the field in this league. Have to. Now look, trying to keep it with the positive, that was a great defensive play design on the interception by James Bradbury. Great play design. You saw Bradbury let that receiver go. He rolled back down. That is a play design by Sean Desai, knowing the situation, knowing what the Buffalo Bills like to run in that situation, and he's running a little bit of a corner robber there, having him creep back down, letting the receiver go, passing him off to the safety, and then breaking down on the ball. That was a great play design. But just way too many third-down conversions. The Philadelphia Eagles let the Buffalo Bills run 95 plays last night. The Bills held the ball for over 40 minutes to the Philadelphia Eagles 26. And we talked about it over 500 yards. Defense has to be better. And that Bills offense is good. Don't get me wrong. It is a good offense. But the defense has to be better. And I know they lost Fletcher Cox and they lost Zach Cuttingham. But still, got to figure out ways to be better. We've seen Sean Desai make great second-half adjustments. It didn't happen last night. In fact, the Bills were better in the second half than they were in the first, which is crazy. But I want to try to end with a positive. I want to try to end with a positive as we're talking about coaches. We talked about the offense. We talked about the defense. Well, I have to admit when I am wrong, In the offseason, I was furious 
when the Philadelphia Eagles announced that not only were they bringing back special teams coordinator Michael Clay, but that they were actually giving him an extension and a raise. I was furious because I felt that the Philadelphia Eagles had one of the worst special teams units in the league last year. But I have to admit, when I was wrong, the job Michael Clay has done this year has been pretty damn impressive. And the Philadelphia Eagles last night, they won the special teams battle against the Buffalo Bills. Not only do the Bills miss two field goals, one of them blocked by Jalen Carter. And I said we were going to talk a little bit about Jalen Carter. Is this guy, I have never seen a rookie doing the things this guy's doing. And it's so good to see he's going to win defensive rookie of the year. And how, what is it, seven NFL teams? Because the Texans had two picks before the Eagles. But seven NFL teams let this guy go past them? Unbelievable. But you look at this special teams coordinator, Michael Clay. Football, we say it all the time. It's three phases. It's offense, it's defense, it's special teams. The Philadelphia Eagles won the special teams battle last night. You not only had the 59-yarder by Jake Elliott and the two missed field goals by Tyler Bass for the Bills with that block by Jalen Carter. Look at what man the punter did last night. Five punts, he had an average of 53.8. And the coverage, the punt coverage was phenomenal. I said it a few times watching the game last night. Sidney Brown was exceptional on punt coverage last night. Did a really nice job. They held the returner for the Bills to only 7.4 yards per return. And there were some plays that Sidney Brown made that had me really impressed. Really impressed. And then you look at Britton Covey, a big 18-yard return. This guy has turned into one of the best punt returners in the league. And I said I will admit when I was wrong about Michael Clay. Well, I'm going to pat myself on the back a little bit because I did videos in the offseason when people were talking about Britton Covey needs to go, telling people that this Britton Covey was going to grow into a good punt returner. If you looked at what he started to do at the end of last season, you could see the skills were there. And you look at what he did in college, and now he's proving it. So I was right about Covey, but man, was I wrong about Michael Clay because he has that special teams unit playing really, really good right now. Really good. But guys, all these things that we're talking about, all these things that, yes, they can improve upon, the offensive game plan, the defense last night, getting off the field on third down, all of it. Like I said, to start the show, we can throw all the damn stats out the window because this team just finds ways to win football games. And it sounds cliche, but that's what good teams do. That is what good teams do. You don't see it as much in the NFL that teams are able to overcome these slow starts week after week. But that's what the Eagles do. And Mark Farzetta said to me as we were watching the game last night, this Philadelphia Eagles team, they don't have bad games. They only have bad halves. And it's so true. Other teams, when we looked at all of the factors leading up to this game, it being a trap game, a short week, looking past the Bills to the 49ers, all of these things, well, maybe that factors in with the Eagles, but not for the whole game. This team only has bad halves, not bad games. And what they did in the second half last night on offense was so damn impressive in those conditions against a pretty good Bills defense. Jalen Hurts, five touchdowns. Unbelievable, man. 
Absolutely unbelievable. But if you guys want more Philadelphia Eagles talk, like I said, be sure to check in tonight on the Legal Hands to the Face show at 6.30 live here on the Jacob Sports Network. Got a great show planned for you there. And then we will start to turn our attention to the San Francisco 49ers. I know the Niners have been waiting for this game for a long time. I know the Eagles have been looking forward to this game for a long time. But it looks like the Eagles are going to be underdogs at home, and I love it. Absolutely love it. Love the underdog status. Keep it coming. But, guys, I appreciate all of you being here today. And like we end every day with a little Today in Sports History, November 27th, 1870, the New York Times dubs baseball the national game. November 27th, 1870, baseball was dubbed as the national game. But I think everybody here would agree the National Football League, the NFL, is now our national game. It's almost international now. But I think NFL has surpassed baseball by a large, large margin, especially over the recent years. But, guys, appreciate all of you. I see James Jones saying drop the link. The link will be created. Just check it out right here on Jacob Sports. I will post the link to my Instagram page later today. Be sure to head on over at Legal Hands to the Face. We'll be posting videos, multiple videos every day, more Eagles content. Check me out on Twitter at Bill Calarulo. Hit that like button for me. Loved seeing you guys. If I don't see you tonight at 6.30, I will see you here tomorrow, 10 o'clock on the Philly Sports Power Hour. We'll talk a little Flyers, a little Sixers, and we'll start talking about those San Francisco 49ers. Thanks, guys. As always, go Birds. Go for the pulse and the pools. Go for the ooze and the oz. Go for the bubbles and the bubbly. Go for the story and the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.